Well, how are we doing, City Lights Church? You guys good? All right, love to hear that. Hey, my name is Bobby. I am uh, the lead pastor at uh, Ridge Community Church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, uh, and I am so glad to be with you guys here at City Lights today. Uh, I have to tell you, I, I love this church, and I love your pastor and his family, and, and I love you guys. You guys are uh, a part of our family uh, at Ridge Church as we've had an opportunity to, to see what God is doing here uh, and, and in you and through you and in this city, and so uh, we love you guys, and and we pray for you guys often. We pray for your pastor often. We pray for what God is doing uh, in this church and, and in this city uh, often. And so uh, we're walking with you guys. And we say this at our church a lot is that we feel like uh, you guys are our brothers and sisters, not only in Christ, but just uh, in uh, church planting family because uh, we're in this together and we're trying to reach this county uh, together and, and even further beyond. And so uh, I love you guys. I love your pastor. I uh, love all that God has been doing here. And so for the last several weeks, you guys have been in this series called The Black Box and I've uh, been listening. I, I listen to, to Pastor Peyton. I, I listen to him preach on a regular basis. As a matter of fact, uh, he is one of the guys that I listen to on a, on a weekly basis and it's a lot of fun just to, to hear him preach because you guys know this because you hear him every single week and you see him on the stage every single week, but he gets a little fired up, doesn't he? It's a little fired up, and, and it's fun to, to hear him get fired up and, and hear him go. And I think a couple of weeks ago, he said he was going to take his shirt off. He was so fired up. So, I mean, that was, uh, that I, was I was laughing about that. that was, I was like, please don't. Don't do that. But um, I'm sure you were too. And then his face gets all red, and it's, you know. So anyway, uh, I love Pastor Peyton and uh, just what the Lord is doing here. But in this series, in this series, hey, this has been just the last couple of weeks have been phenomenal. It's, it's really spoke to me uh, some of the things that, that Peyton has brought uh, to you guys and, and through the podcast. And so uh, this series is all about how uh, we make decisions based on wisdom. And so if this is your first time here at City Lights, I know that you can go to citylightsac.org. Is that right? Uh, you can go there and listen to the podcast or you can find it on iTunes as well. And so I encourage you to get caught up with this series and, and listen to it uh, online to, to get caught up with what uh, has been going on here, but it's how we make decisions based on wisdom. And Peyton said this in week one, he said, the, the whole bottom line for this series is this, is that we must embrace the uncertain if we are going to see the unbelievable. We must embrace the uncertain if we're going to, to see the unbelievable. Now, tell me if I'm sitting on your couch in your living room when I say this, all right? If I'm all up in your business right here. There is nothing that feels more uncertain in life than trying to figure out what God's plan for your life is. Am I right? Am I right? How many of us have ever, uh, and, and by the way, let me, let me just say this, it's okay for you to talk back, all right, it's all right for you to say something, you know, it's okay for you to say amen every now and then, if it's good, if it's not good, just say bless him Lord and I'll just get off the stage and move on, uh, but if, if, it's, if it's getting to you, if it's, if it's hitting you, uh, let me know, let's, let's, let's have a little dialogue up here, I don't, I don't like monologues, I like dialogues, and then uh, I don't want to have to go back and, and tell, uh, tell on you to Pastor Peyton, okay, so anyway, all right, so you guys, you guys help me out, help me preach a little bit, but it, it is, it, there's nothing more uncertain in our lives than, than when we're trying to, to figure out what God's plan is or what God's will is for our life a lot of times. And so how many of us have, have ever just prayed, God, what do you want? God, what is your plan for my life? What is your will for my life? Okay, two people have prayed that. The rest of y'all got that figured out? All right, cool. All right, there we go. There we go. We've all, listen, we've all prayed that prayer, have we not? We've all prayed that prayer. We've all asked God, God, what do you want for my life? 
God, what is your plan for me? God, what is your will for me? And, and maybe we've not made it that broad. Maybe we've just asked God, do you want me to marry this person? God, do you want me to, you want me to take this job? Do you want me to, to move to this place? God, do you want me to go to this school? Or God, is it that school that you want me to go to? Anybody ever been there? God, do you want me to do this? Or do you want me to do that? Do you want me to go here? Or do you want me to go there? God, what is it that you want for my life? And I think a lot of times what we really want God to do at that moment is we want to pour a bowl of Cheerios and we want the Cheerios to align perfectly with the answer in the milk, don't we? All right, maybe you're not a Cheerio person, maybe you're oatmeal, I, you know, I don't know, but we somehow, I don't know how that's going to work, but maybe it'll work out. But like, like that's, what, that's what we want, don't we? We want God to, we, we, say, we say this, we say, God, just give me a sign. Anybody? Anybody been there? Right, God, give me a sign. Just give me a sign, right? And we think that we're just going to walk down the road one day and it's going to be on a billboard, like, bam, you know? I was praying, I asked God what school you wanted me to go to, and I just saw this billboard that said LMU, and so I went to LMU, you know? Maybe it worked out that way for you, I don't know. University of Tennessee, you know, whatever. Like, so, like, like we, we, we pray those prayers sometimes, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. It doesn't always work out that way, does it? We've, we've asked God for his will. We've asked God to show us his plan. We've asked God to show us what to do, and, and we want him to just spell it out for us. But sometimes it doesn't always work out that way. And so, what do we do? Like, how do, we, how do we know what God's plan is for our life? How do we discern through wisdom? If we uh, uncover the black box and, and peel it back a little bit on God and, and, and look at it and dive down into it, then what's it going to say? What's it going to, to tell us about God's plan or God's will for our life? And so not to, to oversimplify it, because I, I think this could be really complicated if we wanted to, if we wanted it to, but I do believe there's an easier way for us to know what God's will for our life is, and it's probably, it's probably not what we might think. And so here's the good news. Here's the good news. There's a lot of good news, actually, in this, but here's some really good news. Not only do you want to know what God's plan is or what God's will is for your life, but God wants you to know that, too. Did you know that? That God wants, you to actually, God wants you to know what his plan is. God wants you to know what his will is for your life. And so it's not as big of a mystery as we might think it out to be. Now there are some things that are a mystery. We'll talk about that in just a moment. There's a, there's a will of God that is his secret will that, that we don't know about. But we'll, we'll dive into that in just a minute. Let's, let's, let me show you this. Ephesians 5. Uh, 15 through 17. Uh, look at what the Apostle Paul says here. And by the way, it'll be on the screen back here uh, behind me as well, and you can follow along there. But listen to what the Apostle Paul says about God wanting us to know his plan for us. He says this, he says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Now, listen, that's good advice, isn't it? He says, look carefully at how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. And so regardless of whether you're a believer or not, that's good advice for everybody. So if you're not a believer here this morning, you're like, what am I going to get out of this? Well, here's something that you can get out of this. God says this, he says, walk as wise, not unwise. Look carefully at how you walk. And then he goes on, he says, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. This is key, 17. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. See, it's right there. Because here, here's what I know, is that the Bible is God's word. Is it not? You guys believe that here, right? I think we all believe that, right? It's God's word. And so it's breathed to Paul, and Paul writes it out. And so what Paul is writing, he is saying, God wants you to know what his plan is for your life. 
And I think that's, I think that's pretty good news. But before, before we uh, can know it for our lives, we have to first understand what God's overarching will is. Because here's the deal. If we don't take the time to understand about God, we can't understand the what of God. We have to under, take time to, to understand the uh, about God before we can understand the, the what of God. So for just a few minutes, you guys care if we do a little Bible study? Is that okay? Can we do that? All right. One person wants to do it. That's okay. We'll go on. We'll go on. All right. So here, let's look at this. There's three things I want to show you real quick. Three things. And then we'll sort of unpack this a little bit. Here's uh, the, the about God that we need to understand. The first thing is this, is that God has a sovereign will. God has a, a sovereign will. This means that, that God has a plan, and God's doing that plan, okay? God's doing that plan, and you and I have no say in the matter. God has a, a sovereign will. He is, he is doing his plan. He is uh, working the world his way, and there's a part of that that we have no say in the matter. Let me give you a couple examples. Um, God created the world, right? Genesis 1, we see that. It says that God created the heavens and the earth, and he put the stars in its place, and he put the oceans in its place, and, and he created the world, and he created everything in it. And here's what did not happen in heaven when God was sitting there with the Holy Trinity and said, hey, what color, what color should the grass be? Anybody? Angels? What color should the grass be? Like, he's not even asking. He didn't ask you. He didn't ask us. He didn't ask them. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't one of those things where he says, hey, everybody gets a little vote on this. You want blue? We'll get some blue. You want some red? We'll get some red. You, I mean, let's, how about green? Can we go with green? Like, I mean, God didn't give anybody a choice in the matter, right? It just is what it is. And that's a small thing. That's a little thing. I mean, we could look at, at bigger things. You look in uh, the history of Scripture, and you look through the, the meta-narrative of Scripture, meaning the whole arching piece of Scripture of the, of the Bible, the whole story of the Bible, and you see some different things, like how uh, God wanted the nation of Israel to be set free. They were enslaved by, by the Egyptians, and, and the nation of Israel hadn't really even become a nation yet. They were just a, a people, the Hebrew people, and they were enslaved by the Egyptians. And God wanted them to be set free. But you see, Pharaoh, who happened to be the most powerful man in the world at the time, according to himself, said, I'm not going to let him go. Right? You know the story, right? Moses comes along, sees this burning bush, and when we think of the will of God, a lot of times we think of a burning bush, don't we? Because we want God to show up that way, like set our tennis shoes on fire and speak to us through that, right? And so like, like we, we want that a lot of times, but that's not the way that it happens. But Moses encounters a burning bush, and God speaks to Moses through this bush and says, I want you to go, and I want you to tell the most powerful man in the world to let these people go. And Moses, of course, Moses even tries to stop the whole thing himself, doesn't he? He tries to derail the whole thing himself because he says this. He says, you know, you know what, God, that sounds like a really good idea, and I would love to do that. But here's the thing. I'm not a very good speaker. Like, you've got the wrong guy. Like, you're talking to the wrong person here, and so maybe you should get somebody else. And God is like, you see, I've already taken care of that because here's what's going to happen is Aaron, your boy, is going to go with you, and he's going to speak. He's going to be your mouthpiece for you. And then Moses is like, yeah, but see, you don't understand. Like, you got the wrong guy here. I'm not the guy. Like, I'm just not very good at these types of things. And I love what God does next. It's so good. God goes, hey, what is it that you have in your hand? He's like, I got a staff. And he says, throw the staff down. Throws the staff down, turns into a snake, right? Really scary. I'm out at that point because I hate snakes. And so, but Moses, 
praise God, he, he, he sticks to it, right? And so then, because then what? God gets a little loopy for a moment, right? And he says, pick the snake up. I'm out. Anybody? And so like, he says, pick it up. And so he picks it up and it turns back into his staff, right? Puts his hands in his cloak and pulls them out, right? And so basically what, what God says here, he says this. He says, listen, you can't stop this. You can't stop this. This is what's going to happen because this is what I'm doing. Because I've already given you everything that you need to do what I've called you to do. You already have what you need to do what I'm calling you and asking you to do. You already have, hear me church, you already have within you, you already have on you everything that you need to do the plan that I've set before you. And so when you see God going, hey, here's what I want for your life. Here's my plan for your life. And then you take a step back and it's okay to take a step back for a moment and go, yeah, but I'm a little scared. Like, I don't know if I really want to do that. I don't really want to go with this. I like, I'm I'm a little afraid of this. I don't feel like I'm going to be good enough for this. And God's going, hey, listen, Listen, I wouldn't have told you to go do it if I didn't think that you could do it. Because it's not going to be you doing it. It's going to be me doing it through you. Because I've already given you everything that you need to do, what I've asked you to do. And so Moses, he goes, and so then Pharaoh says, "Uh uh-uh, this ain't what's happening. Like, we're not doing this this way. These people are not going to be let go. And so even Pharaoh tries to stop God, but then we see through Scripture, we see how God uses these plagues over and over and over and over again. And eventually, Pharaoh had to succumb to God's sovereign will. You see, it's okay for us to even think about God's sovereign will, what what he's doing, whether we like it or not. It's okay for us to even see it in a way that says, you know what, I don't really like God's sovereign will at this moment. Did you know that there was a a point in Jesus' own life where Jesus didn't like God's sovereign plan? We look at the cross, we look at Jesus in, in the Garden of Gethsemane when he's kneeling there and he's praying and it says that he is praying so intently and so hard that he begins to sweat blood, that blood begins to, to come out of his pores because he is so intently praying this. And, and what is, I think we miss this a lot of times, what is Jesus' prayer when he's praying in the Garden? He's saying, God, if there is any other way that we could do this, Right? If we could do this, God, if, if, if this cup could pass from me, that's what he's saying. He's saying, if there's another way, if there's another option, because Jesus knows that the cross is coming. He knows what is about to take place just a few hours from that point. And he's saying, God, if we could do this any other way, if we could do this any other way, if there's another option, I want to go with option number two, because I'm not a big fan of option number one. But what does he pray? But this isn't about what I want. It's about what you want. And listen, I don't know if God said anything to his son at that moment. I don't know if, 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 because the Bible doesn't say anything there, so I'm not going to try to, um, you know, uh, just make something up and say, here's what I think God said at that moment. I think if God would have said something in that moment, we would know what it was that God said. And so God was silent. Why was God silent? Because this is what had to take place. This is what had to take place. And so we see God's sovereign will in this. In fact, Jesus, he knew this because Isaiah 53, the Old Testament scripture, Isaiah 53.10 said it was God's will to crush him on the cross. It was God's will to crush him on the cross so that you and I, if you're a believer, that we could be redeemed and saved from our sins. Psalm 115.3 says that God is in the heavens. And he does whatever pleases him. 
God is in the heavens and he does whatever pleases him. And so God has a sovereign will. It's what he's doing. It's what he's doing. It's how the world is operating through God. And there's a whole lot more that we could dive into that, but uh, we don't really have a, a lot of time to do that. And the second thing is this, is that there is God's will of command. God's will of command. Now, these are the, the commands that he gives us, and it's his will that we do them. I think we're really familiar with these because we have a, a choice in this will. We can, we can either do it or we can disobey it. Because God has certain commands for us, does he not? If you read the Bible, you see places where God says, this is a command for you. This is a command. This is something that I'm telling you to do. I'm not asking you to do it. I'm telling you that you should do it. But we have an option in the matter. We can either obey it or we can disobey it. In fact, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, just an example of this. It says to, to give thanks in all circumstances, right? Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Did you know that? That God says, I will it for you to give thanks in all circumstances. Now, how many of us gave thanks when our car broke down? Anybody? Whew. No? No? <laughs> None of us, right? And so, we don't do this one very well, do we? We don't, we don't obey this one very well. We could, we could just go down the list and, and, and look at all kinds of things, right? We could look at the Ten Commandments. Don't, don't make me start on the Ten Commandments. I do this with our church all the time. Uh, they're not ten for ten, I promise you that. Neither are we. Neither am I. None of us are ten for ten on the, on the Ten Commandments, right? We could talk about the whole coveting thing. You know what coveting is, right? It means like to, to want something that you don't have that somebody else has. You ever coveted anything? Anybody got an Apple Watch? Because I want it. Okay, because I'm just being honest, just being honest. And so that's, that's coveting, right? God's not blessed me with that, but I want that, right? And so God has a will of command, and we either obey it or we disobey it. And then third, here's, here's the place where, where we really want to dive into, and that's that he has a personal will. He has a personal will. This is our plan. This is the, the when, the where, the, the who God, right? Because this is what we want to know, isn't it? God, when do you want me to do this? Where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to do it with? Who do you want me to marry? Who do you want me to date? Who, you know, what, all of these things, all of these millions of questions that we ask God, what we're asking God is, God, what is it that you want for me? And we want to know these things. Too often, too often, I think, we spend so much time asking God for these things when God's just going, could you just do something a little simpler? Why don't you just follow me? Why don't you just trust me? Why don't you just honor me? And so these, uh, I want to unpack just real quick three passages for you. And we'll close. And this is going to help us see God's plan and God's will for your life. For your life. Maybe you came here this morning and maybe you've been asking some major questions the last couple of weeks or the last couple of days or, or for a, a long time. And then part of that question has been, God, what is it that you want for me? God, what is your plan for me? What is your, your will for my life? And if you've been asking those types of questions, then I think that today some of you are going to be set free by, by the answer that I think that the Scripture actually gives us. It's not as complicated as we make it out to be. Check this out. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Colossians 3, uh, 17 says this. It says, And whatever you do, in word or deed, 
do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now we stop right there because there are two words that are really important uh, in this first half of the scripture. Whatever and everything. Whatever and everything. And so what encompasses whatever? Whatever you want to put in it, right? It's whatever. I mean, it's whatever you can dream of. And so the Apostle Paul, he even uh, clarifies a little bit here. He says, in word or deed. And so whatever it is that you speak, whatever it is that you think, whatever it is that you do, wherever it is that you go, he says, in whatever you do, in whatever you do. So that's really important there. And then secondly, he says, do everything. That word everything, when you break it down out of the Greek, you know what it means? Everything. <laughs> it's deep Bible study, y'all, I'm telling you. It means, every, it means everything. He says, and whatever you do, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God. Uh-oh, there's that again, right? He says, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. And so Colossians 3.17, it gives us some insight here on, on what his will is for us. And then we're going to look at Proverbs 3 and Romans 12 here in just a minute. But when you know his ways, he will lead you into his will. When you know God's ways, then it will lead you into his will. You see, here's what I, I believe about God is that God isn't so concerned about when, where, or what, but how. God's not so concerned about the when, the where, or the what. Like when we ask God, God, what school is it that you want me to go to? God's going, you know what, just pick one. Doesn't matter. You're like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. That kind of flies up in my face a little bit. Maybe, I hope hope that it does actually. Because here's the thing. And when we go, well, uh, God, um, do you want me to go to this church or that church? Doesn't matter, pick one. Should probably be city lights, but pick one. I had to say that because Peyton's listening. So um, I'm just kidding. He said, but, but, pick, pick one. Now, he, here's why. Here's why. Because what did Paul say? He said, in whatever you do, do what? What's the word? Do what? Everything. Let's try that again. Do what? Everything. He says, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, right? And so pick a school. Doesn't matter. But when you pick that school, you, this is what you should do when you're at that school. Follow me. Trust me. Pursue me. Honor me. Glorify me. When you're in that job that you struggled over whether you should do this job or that job, just pick one. But when you pick it, honor me. Trust me. You see, because, because of God's sovereign will, regardless of what you pick, God's going to do what God's going to do. God's going to do. And here's how I know that to be true. Because I've picked things where I thought, I, I thought God said, hey, pick door number one. And instead, I went with door number two. But yet, somehow, some way, God took my misstep, my mistake, what I thought was a mistake, and he took it and he made it into something beautiful. You ever been there? You ever seen that happen? Can you look back in your own life and see how that works? Now, we could talk about this. I didn't really put this in any of my notes, but I think it needs to be said. Is that if you're trying to discern God's plan, God's, God's will for your life, and you look at something, and the choice that you're about to make is going to be sinful, that's not what God wants. 
That's not what God's picked out. And so if it's going to uh, be contrary to what the scriptures teach us, this is, why, this is why it's so important that we have to know about God so that we can know the what of God. This is why it's so important that we need to know the, the ways of God, the things that God is saying. Here, this is the direction that I'm pushing you. Will this choice, will you be able to honor me in this choice? Yes. Okay, we can move to step two. Will you be able to, to glorify me in this choice? Yes. Well, then we can move to step three. And so it, it's sort of a, a litmus test of things, if you will. And it needs to line up with the ways of God. When we walk in his ways, we'll know his will. When we walk in his ways, we'll know his will. I have a mentor of mine who told me this years ago, and it has never left me. It's been so good for me. But he said this, he said, Knowing God's will for your life is as simple as this. And really, honestly, I'm not trying to oversimplify this and make it so simple that it's just like, you know, whatever. But he said this. He said, listen to his voice and do what he says. Listen to his voice and do what he says. Now, we'll unpack that here in just a moment. So how do we, how do we know his ways? Look at Proverbs. Let's flip back to the Old Testament for just a second. Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 5. says You're probably familiar with this. says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. That's so good. That's so good, especially when we're talking about the, the will of God. He says, trust in the Lord. Lead not on your own understanding. If anybody, any of us ever, have we ever leaned on our own understanding, meaning that, that we've chosen things out of what we wanted? Yeah, we've all done that, haven't we? Listen, here, here's, here's a painful truth of that. I know it's true for me. I don't know if it's true for you. No one has lied to me more than I've lied to myself. When it comes to leaning on my own understanding, I've deceived myself more than I would like to admit. And here's why. There's some really bad advice out there. It's called trust your heart. Don't do that. That's bad advice. Here's why. Scripture tells us that the heart is sick and deceitful, and who can understand it? It's a question that the Scripture asks. He says, who can understand the heart? Because the heart is it's deceitful, meaning that, that out of the heart, what is within us is not good. What comes out of us is not good, unless what is driven out of us is driven by the Holy Spirit of God. Amen? And so it says, so what he's saying is, is don't trust your heart. Trust who? The Lord, right? Trust the Lord. Because the heart is deceitful. So trust the Lord. No one, no one can do that perfectly, but to the best of our ability, we try to do it the best that we can. It says acknowledge him in all of our ways. And so what does that mean? It means that we look to Jesus. And we look to Jesus. That we acknowledge him in everything that we do. We can go back to Colossians 3.17 again and look at that. It says in everything and in whatever it is that we do, acknowledge Jesus. Look to, to please him. Look to, to honor him. Look to give him glory in, in all of our ways. And so that, that word all again, it, it's, let's not make it more complicated than it is. It means all, right? It means everything and all that we do. And when we do this, he says that he will make straight our path. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we want for our lives? We want a straight path. Now, hear, hear me when I say this. 
when it says that he will make straight our paths, that doesn't mean that life is going to be unicorns, rainbows, and lucky charms. It's not what that means. Because life is still tough. Life is still hard. There are still hard choices. There are still uh, hard times. There is still suffering that we must go through for the honor and the glory of God. There are still those things that, that tend to happen in our lives. And so when he says he makes straight our path, what he's saying is he's saying, I'm going to show you that you're moving in the right direction. I'm going to show you that you're moving in the right direction. What did Jesus say about himself? That he is the what of the world. That he is the light of the world, right? Making straight our path. That he is illuminating it. He's showing us our next step. And so the third thing is this. is How do we know this? Well, Paul lines it out for us again. And it's, it's so clear that I think... We miss it sometimes because it is so clear to us. But Romans 12, 2 says this. Sometimes I think with Scripture, I think that we, um, I think we miss it because we're too familiar with it. And when I say, too, like, can you be too familiar with Scripture? So familiar to the point that uh, when we read it, sometimes we pass over things. You ever read something in the Bible, you're like, okay, you read that. Yeah, kind of, you know, yeah, I know that one. So let's, let's go on. To, I want, let's get to something that I don't know yet. Can we just, you know, move on, God, to something that's just going to hit me right in the face? And so sometimes we miss the more familiar things, and it's not as powerful to us and as beautiful to us. My, uh, my kids and family and I last weekend, or weekend before last, I guess it was, is, maybe it was last weekend, July fourth weekend we went and watched fireworks anybody watch some fireworks july 4th yeah Woo, good stuff all right um and so we uh blow things up right and so we uh we watch fireworks and and here's the deal i don't like fireworks anybody with me i don't like fireworks my son's like what uh here here's why here's why i don't like fireworks because i've seen them you know what i mean i've seen them like, it's not one of those things that I ooh and ah and go, oh, you know, whatever, right? Because I've seen, I've seen the fireworks. But he, I, I love watching my kids watch fireworks because when they watch fireworks, they're like this. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing to them. You know, it's like they, they're just watching it for the first time all over again. And literally, if we could watch fireworks every single night of the week with them, they would probably do it. Like, they, they love fireworks that much. And so here's the thing about Scripture. Let's not miss the fireworks. Because every piece of scripture is fireworks. It's beautiful. It's powerful. It's amazing. And God agrees because there's thunder outside. All right, so Romans 12, 2 says this. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Anybody heard this before? Right? It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing, listen, this is so good, but that, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. And Paul goes, hey, you want to know what, the, what God's will is for your life? Here's how you do it. Don't conform yourself to the world, but instead be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that you can discern means tell apart, tell the difference between what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so we won't conform to the world if we obey his ways. And as we obey his ways, we'll be transformed. Because here's what I know to be true, is that it is spiritually impossible for you and I to have an encounter with Jesus and stay the same. 
If you have an encounter with Jesus, if you meet Jesus, you will not stay the same. Anybody changed in here because you met Jesus? Amen? And so if you've ever met Jesus, if you've never encountered Jesus, and you've not experienced the change, this is what happens. This is how our mind is renewed. This is the transformation that takes place. Because when we've been with Jesus, it changes us. And we're transformed by the renewal of our minds. And so how does this renewal of the mind work? Well, we listen to his voice. We read his word. We do his word. And if we will read his word and do his word, we will become a reflection of the word. If you read his word and you do his word, we'll become a reflection of the word. And so we can't know what to do if we don't read what God has said to do, right? And so a lot of times we're asking God to give us a sign sometimes, and the sign sometimes is right here in Scripture. Now, it's not going to be right here to tell you what school to go to. It's not going to be right here to tell you who to marry. It's not going to be right here to to tell you maybe specifics and things, but it's going to tell you how to walk in his ways. It's going to tell you how to do his ways. And so... Today's bottom line of the message is simply this. I've already said it, but again, not to oversimplify things, but I think knowing God's will is all about listening to his voice and doing the best of our flawed and imperfect ability to try and do what he says. And it's flawed and it's an imperfect ability because you and I aren't going to get it right 100% of the time because we're not perfect. But... Jesus is. Amen? And because of his perfection, his righteousness spread out across our unrighteousness, he enables us to take steps. And here's here's the beautiful part. The wonderful thing to remember in all of our decisions is that Jesus is our good shepherd. I've been spending a lot of time over the last several months really studying about shepherds and what shepherds do and and how they operate and how they um, how they would shepherd the flocks. You know what a shepherd does? Is that he a shepherd walks with the flock, doesn't he? A shepherd protects the flock. A shepherd is amongst the flock. A shepherd, when a part of the flock begins to, to stray off or make a mistake, make a misstep, make a bad choice, what does the shepherd do? Well, he goes and he gets the part of the flock and he kills them. No, he doesn't. That's not what he does, right? That's not what he does. What the shepherd does is the shepherd goes back and he brings the flock back in that took a misstep. And he pulls them back in and says, no, 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 no. You're over here. Why? Because I care for you. And Jesus... Jesus is a good shepherd. He's a good shepherd. He laid down his life for us so that all of our sins are covered, including every sinful or defective decision that you and I have ever made. He will never leave us or forsake us. He has a a staff that is is long enough to to pull us out of every hole and a a rod to, to guide us back. That's good news, isn't it? But you got to stand to your feet. Paul says this in Romans 8, 28. He says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. 
Uh, that doesn't mean that everything in life is going to be peachy. What that means is that God, God is going to work out every misstep that we've ever made. Every mistake that we've ever done. God is going to, to take it and, and if we love him, if we trust him, if we are his child, he will take that and he will take what is broken and he will piece it back together and make it something even more beautiful than you and I could ever do ourselves. Amen? means that whether our decision was in his will or outside of it because our good shepherd laid down his life for his sheep, he's going to redeem that for his purpose. If you've ever needed redemption from a bad choice outside of his will because you sought to please you and not him, then you need a good shepherd. It means that we're, trying, we're free from trying to fix it if we'll just lean on him and trust in him. And so as we pray, as we close, we're going to sing a song here in just a moment as we wrap things up this morning. But I'm really big on, on just asking you to take a next step. And I, with as many here this morning, there are many of you who need to take a different next step. There's not a, a one next step for, for all of us. I think that uh, on, some of you are, are in a, riding in a, in a different lane this morning than, than others. And so some of you need to take a, a different next step than others. There are some of you here that may be struggling with knowing his plan for you. You're asking those questions. God, what do you want in this? What do you want? What is your plan for me? Your next step needs to be to do whatever it takes to be able to listen to his voice. That's the first step. You got to be able to listen. Are you listening to his voice? Do you know what his ways are? Do you know do you know those things? And if you don't know those things, then you need to take the time to be able to to remove the things that are distracting you from being able to listen to his voice. And I'm telling you guys, there's nothing better. There's nothing better than this to be able to listen to his voice. To not talk so much to let God speak to you so that you can hear him he already knows what you're going to say <laughs> so we need to listen to that so maybe that's your next step maybe you're struggling with trust maybe your thing is is when we read Proverbs 3 and it says trust in the Lord with all your heart you're going that sounds really good and I'd really love to do that but you just don't know what my situation is you're right. I don't know what your situation is, but God knows what it is. And he's going, hey, just trust me. Trust me. Can you trust me? So maybe your next step is this morning is to, to free fall into his arms, to trust him with all of your heart, not just with part of it, not just with the part that, that you feel comfortable trusting him with, but with all of it. And that may be parts and, and sections of your life that you've never fully trusted God with. Maybe today is the day that you need to do that. And so your first step, your next step this morning is, is if you're a believer to repent of not trusting him because that's what he asks us to do. And so we need to take a moment to just say, God, forgive me for not trusting you, but I just want to trust you. And then last but not least, maybe this morning you wonder if you are in his will. God, am I in your will? The first step to that is you got to be his child. So maybe you need to give your life to him by just simply asking, God, save me. Save me. Would you guys pray, pray with me as we close, as we sing this song? Father God, we, we love you. God, we honor you. 
God, we want to praise you. God, you've been so good to us, God, because you've gathered us here together this morning. As a body of believers, God, as a, as a group of people, God, we have come under this roof, God, to, to look to you. And so, Father, there are many of us that need to take a different next step. God, would you give us the power of your spirit, the comfort of your spirit, God, to, to lead us in to that? God, to, to lead us into being able to take that next step, whatever it is, God, would you make us brave? Would you make us strong enough through the power of your spirit? by leading us into our next step, God, to trust you more. God, to remove the distractions in our lives to be able to listen to you, God, to know your ways. God, maybe even to trust you with our lives, God. So God, we cry out with repentance, God, to forgive us where we've not trusted you. God, we just pray bravery over the the one or, or two or however many it is, God, who's never trusted you with their whole lives, maybe with only parts of their lives, God, God, but that you would fill them with the strength and the power, God, to, to trust you with their whole life, God, with their money, God, with their marriage, with their parenting, with their jobs, God, 